0: This is the K-12 Engineering Education Podcast with Pius Wong and Rachel Farrig.
1: We're on. Hi. Hey, Rachel. Hi, Pius.
0: There's coronavirus out.
1: All over the world.
0: Uh, I'm smiling, but that's actually not a, <laughs> that's not a good thing. <laughs> no, We're it's not. We're very serious about it. Um, God, maybe I should start this differently.
1: No, that's okay. And yeah, yeah, as yeah. an effect of that, what are we not doing this week for the first time in like four five years
0: we are not at South by Southwest we are
1: not because it doesn't exist
0: it exists but well not 2020 yeah Southwest Southwest 2020 doesn't
1: it does not exist it's the South by that was not
0: yeah and there's so much to unpack I was just gonna say that um, the immediate thing that's on my mind is, like, there's tons of economic impacts to
1: people here in Austin yes. and elsewhere. Yes, There's already
0: layoffs coming yep. for a quarter of the South by staff.
1: Yep. And then I think of all the extra hospitality staff, the volunteers who put in their time and effort, um, small acts and um, exhibitioners who, you know, rely on this for oh, part wait. of their marketing and their, the growth of their own businesses. Yeah. So it's uh, a loss. It is a loss. It's a pretty big disappointment, but not just because we're missing out on an experience, but because so many other people um, who who need South By are are missing part of their livelihood, really.
0: Yeah. I mean, we're... Lucky, I think, to live in Austin. Yes. Uh, here we are at the Emerald Tavern Cafe.
1: Shout out, which and, used
0: to be a pub. Yes, it used to be an Irish pub. It's still kind of actually an Irish pub.
1: Well, I mean, it's more like a m- With- Celtic
0: thing. A Celtic thing where you can play board games and have a beer. <laughs> <Yes>. and, <laughs> and it's cool. And like... I wish that more people could experience this type of atmosphere, yeah. you know? Yeah, yep. And, and I remember how I felt the first time I was at South By. We were at UT. Yes. And I was like, oh my God, oh this my is gosh. what the conference is. It is so crazy. Not only are we meeting all these people from around the world, but it gave me a chance, even as someone who lived in Austin, to for the first time... Go to these different weird venues, weird yes. venues.
1: Yes, because so many um, places around town participate yeah. and have parties or events or host different things, nerdy things, nerdy fun things. things. Yep. I remember
0: like just interactive going to things. Yeah, yeah, and I well, there's some of that going on right now. Yes,
1: shout out to the creators of hashtag Alt South by Southwest EDU, um, for being able to retain some talent and some. Um, presenters and hosting a myriad of events over the past couple of days. We actually were rescheduled uh, to host our live podcast the way we normally would have, but it was scheduled at a time that not all of us could call in. Yeah. So we're still going to hold our session, it's just not going to be at South by.
0: Yeah, so stay tuned for a future episode. I think we're going to have tech. them calling. And Rachel, so who? just to remind ourselves, who that was, was going to talk with so us?
1: So we were going to have my former colleague, uh, sort of a local EdTech um, more technologies. Uh, expert, expert? <laughs> Yeah. Chris Pansher. Yes, uh, and then we were also going to have Steve Dembo out of the Chicagoland area who basically made a career out of teaching ed tech and then teaching ed tech to other teachers Mm -hmm. and then um a colleague of a colleague
0: yeah so victoria thompson was the third panelist who's still slated to speak to us but she's an educator over in the pacific northwest yes and not only that she's an ed tech uh consultant she also happens to work with a bunch of startups working with another person that we know uh, hi melanie yeah, Melanie Kong. She's been on this podcast before, but Victoria would have been a great person to hear at South yeah. by. But we'll just just have to wait for her opinions later. Yep,
1: and so hopefully we can get that scheduled in the next few weeks, and we can bring that podcast out maybe in six weeks or less.
0: Yeah, and we'll talk about how do you get a career in educational technology,
1: and what does that look like, and what does it mean, and what is the future of ed tech, and it's
0: very relevant. What are the today. barriers, and
1: yeah, oh yes, think, absolutely. So
0: you've been hearing the news about how like schools are closing they're in the middle of closing my university my my community college right now is rumored it probably will be going all online by the time we get this episode out Mm -hmm. i mean i don't want to say for sure but this is what's probably going to happen
1: my son's school district has sent two or three emails in the past couple of days about uh, travel restrictions and monitoring uh, systems on site and so on are Uh, you
0: guys going to have online classes in your district
1: the one I work at, or at my son's? School? Uh, oh,
0: actually, both. Both. That's an interesting. No. Question.
1: Well. The district that my son attends probably has the capability um, for middle school and high school to be able to offer that. Really? Okay. um, To offer um, either online, solely online or a mixture of blended or instructor-led but virtual um, presentations, um, you know, sort of like a a blended classroom or... um, interactive learning. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not sure how, how elementary would yeah. tackle that, except through the use of Google Classroom. It sounds kind
0: of like a disaster to me, but I don't think <laughs> elementary. Like, classroom management is a thing. Are you expecting parents to stay at home while their kid is I on know, the computer? I right? And, and they're not visiting YouTube? And they're,
1: not, <laughs> they're, like, n- they're not watching gamers game and give commentary.
0: Right. So. So it's kind of hard. I was just on the way over here. I heard, like, the the newscast from NPR. Like, one of the big questions today is how are educators supposed to handle this sudden mm-hmm. transition to online, if that's what's going to be happening?
1: Exactly. And then <clears throat> I think about um, smaller districts. There are several small rural districts outside of Austin that don't, they just don't have that capability.
0: Yeah. What, so what's going to happen to those rural that districts? That is a
1: great question.
0: They're going to still meet. maybe or they just are going to cancel if
1: they have to close they have to close and then we lose um those districts would lose their instructional minutes or instructional days depending on how they are uh, you know how their master schedule is laid out and if they have built in enough instructional minutes over the year it's possible that they would not need to to hold bad weather days Mm -hmm. later in the spring okay but For some districts, they will, and they'll have to call their students back and teachers back for however many days they were closed.
0: Can they just extend the school year into the summer like that?
1: Sometimes they can. It's also uh, been possible in the past. um, The Texas Education Agency has offered waivers uh, when Hurricane Harvey came through, Mm -hmm. for example. Oh, right, right. Uh, We had several districts in South Texas that were closed for several weeks, um, and, and a few were even closed for a couple of months. Yeah. Um, and they were uh, given waivers so that they did not have to continue their school year through July or into August. Right. So it it is a possibility, but you, you can never, you should not ever count on that. Mm-hmm. Does
0: state testing occur in these
1: next months? <laughs> yes.
0: Like the STAR test in Texas, <laughs> or if you're in another state, I mean, isn't it that time of year?
1: Yes. Yes. So. So Ele- what happens? That's a great it's question. It's tied to funding. It isn't is it? tied
0: to funding. Oh God. So, mm-hmm. can can everyone just like do a rain check, like like on everything? Our
1: I really don't know. Wow. And I haven't seen a communication uh, from the Texas Education Agency yeah. yet saying how they're going to approach this or what their plans are, or what their uh, contingency options are for that.
0: So, there's definitely some scrambling, or I don't know, there's there definitely could be. some problem solving that has yes, to be done absolutely. in the admin side for. Education.
1: Yes, and the sooner the better, just so yeah. that um, district-level and campus-level administrators know what to say to their students and their families.
0: Would you want to—well, okay, we, we don't know what's going to happen, but if there's a bad outbreak, and the science is showing, in my opinion, that it can—like, we should have this discussion, Rachel, because <laughs> like, I think we represent differing opinions here. Yes, I do. think do. It's very possible that, yeah, the, there will be an outbreak of something
1: I think there, coming out. I think it's an outbreak as possible.
0: And if it happens, I'm not like,
1: sure that the outbreak would be as severe or as serious or as lethal as what the public currently fears. Okay,
0: okay. And so, without knowing what's going to happen... It's obviously, you can't wait for the outbreak and everyone to die or exactly. whatever first. Exactly. You have to be proactive. Yes. So if people are choosing to close down these schools or delay the school year or mm-hmm. whatever, mm-hmm. would you... Like, I think you better
1: safe than sorry, but I wish that we... Knew more and listened more sure. to places um, who have already encountered this and experienced it and come out mm-hmm. on the other side. You were like you, whom? Like you for, were telling me about your brother. He lives yeah, in Taiwan. he lives in
0: Taiwan. <laughs> Apparently, I mean, they're you know much closer to China much, than yes. we are, but they don't have like they've got a lot of contained containment in their uh, COVID-19 outbreak. Mm-hmm. Right. And my explanation that my brother was saying was that. They heard about the news early. They, you know, had a very coordinated government-wide, industry-wide, school-wide response, plus they're an island. But they basically worked together, and it wasn't this mishmash of different cities doing different things, Mm -hmm. which is kind of what's happening here Mm -hmm. in Texas. Yes. Uh, And they they closed down schools, applied quarantines, people are wearing face masks, Mm -hmm. and public education was out right away. Yes. And there's not... uh, as far as I understood, as far as my brother told me, community spread is not a thing mm-hmm. there mm-hmm. right now. Um, can we do that in somewhere like in, in the USA?
1: I mean, I uh, ideally, yes, we could. But because we... And I'm not going to get into a political discussion, but because we value certain freedoms and certain, uh, certain rights and... Uh, And in fact, we value the right to our choices and our opinions. I think it's much harder to do that here in America because to have the response that you would have in Taiwan does take a certain trust and reliance on government, government agencies, government officials, and we don't necessarily have that in our nation. We want to question our government, and in fact, it is our right and our responsibility to do so, um, but that also does create a certain environment for fear for misinformation and for distrust yeah so while i think that most um public officials are doing the best they can with what they have i don't know that our national response could look that coordinated and be as smooth
0: Mm -hmm. if we end up closing a lot of schools in rural districts for example or any district that can't really implement online learning or distance Mm -hmm. learning do students have to just repeat a grade or something, or how does that work? No,
1: so again, there could be an opportunity for a waiver, or they could come back and do their bad weather days, um, but okay. there is also the option of just assessing the students on what they've done okay. so far that school year, Right. Um, and then perhaps rolling that content back in, making summer plans and having summer sessions for teachers to be able to plan how to roll in that content for the next year.
0: Yeah. This also makes me think of. I mean, this is the engineering education podcast. Mm-hmm. When we're teaching STEM, when we're teaching engineering, we always talk about hands-on learning, yes, collaboration, projects, communication, yes. things that to me are much more difficult when you're spread out across the world. Now, granted, real engineers oftentimes yes. do work, work on global out, teams, especially if exactly. you're doing digital projects. I mean, mm-hmm. we've got Slack, we've got Trello, we've got all these things, but. Other types of engineers need to be present. (laughs) Yes, (laughs) right. So in a high school level class or an elementary, middle school level engineering class, how do you promote teamwork or or real world learning? Let's use that phrase from the previous podcast episode. How do we implement that when you're doing distance learning?
1: And that's so hard. I think it's more challenging in the K-12 context because... You, don't, you can't just teach the students the content using the technology. You also have to teach them to use the technology. Right. So you're teaching okay. content and you're teaching context. So... If you have not prepared your students for this sort of contingency and you have to now all of a sudden teach them how to use Canvas or Blackboard or whatever learning management system or Google Classroom, and then what do you do when you have students who don't have internet at home or don't have technology at home? or? just really have a hard time engaging in those lessons because they're not face-to-face or they're not in the classroom. So it's it's um, almost like you're teaching two or three different things oh, yeah. Yeah. at the K-12 level rather than being more adult learners and having handled technology and experienced technology that's true that's true i mean i'll tell you you have stories about that
0: i mean so so i'm teaching at a community college you're literally talking about the exact same conversations that my higher-ups are trying to figure out we literally like yesterday yesterday was when i had to tell one of my classes of students well We are maybe Maybe? (laughs) going to turn to online classes for the next, you know, several weeks after spring break. I don't know yet. Probably going to happen. Whatever. Do some hand-waving. And we're like, just in case, here's how you use Blackboard. Mm -hmm. And in case people don't know, on Blackboard, there is like a plugin or something called Collaborate that lets you uh, basically share your webcams. It's like Google Hangouts, except it's on Blackboard. Mm -hmm. And it has an extra tool where there's a communal whiteboard. So... People at home could go on their touchscreen and, you know, write math problems on it mm, if that's gotcha. what, what they want to do. Now, in the 15 minutes or 20 minutes or whatever where we tested this out in the computer lab, it was fine. People saw right away that, oh, this is better than nothing for sure. sure. It's kind of cool. It's funny. Mm-hmm. People love playing games, drawing oh, yeah, on people's on drawings, the, on the
1: computer <laughs> but
0: they saw right away as well that oh my gosh, this how is can cumbersome. I ask questions? Mm-hmm. I can't r- use my mouse to write the number three on the screen. Yeah. He's, so there's all these like technical things, and I'm like, okay, yeah, you're right. We got to teach them how to use the tech, even if they are adult learners, yep. even if they're like, if anything, I'm wondering if the high school kids will be much better than my like 18 plus mm-hmm. students.
1: And I, don't I, I don't know. I don't know. Exactly.
0: So many unknowns. So it's up to us to try our best to teach sure. ourselves and teach the students in whatever way we can. Yep. Maybe meet in smaller groups or something mm-hmm. rather than in huge Classes, yeah, um, but I don't know what the right answer is. And I'll I tell either. you, I, I have criticisms for sure of Blackboard Collaborate. It, mm-hmm. A lot of it sucks. <laughs> a lot of my our internet connections aren't reliable. Yeah, um, we've used Canvas before. Mm-hmm. I've never used Canvas's like On Google their Hangouts li- type yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah, no, me neither. And so, um, I think in the next months we're gonna we're gonna see a huge. Um, what's the word what happens when you're you're going on that learning curve that steep learning curve and we learn a lot and we're gold tested in fire that's what i'm thinking <laughs> yeah. and like
1: a crash and burn situation where
0: some people will crash and burn <laughs> and some people will survive and not like it but they'll survive and pass on sure, what, they, but what then knowledge they have
1: don't we now? haven't we just created more educational gaps Burnout, by doing that or,
0: or well yes no you're right exactly
1: I don't yeah. know. There's no good answer except yeah. this is the problem. Keep washing your hands. Sneeze into your elbow. Well, wash your hands again.
0: So let's go back to engineering. Use teaching engineering. hand sanitizer. I feel like if I'm teaching math, I want to bring up those statistics that we see yes. on the death rates for yes. coronavirus. Yes.
1: Who is dying and why? Where are they? What are the mitigating circumstances? And then, what is the spread rate and how Calculate can we things. identify? Yeah. Yes.
0: Look up data online. Do um, the digital literacy lessons about mm-hmm. what is actually real information and yes. not misinformation. Right. Uh, checking your sources, cross checking, understanding just how to uh, multiply percents times mm-hmm. a population, any of these things. Um, if I'm teaching an engineering class, if it's digital, I feel less. Worry, because I feel like you can use browser-centric yes. IDEs. Mm-hmm. Um, if you give everyone an Arduino to bring home or whatever, maybe yeah. they could do stuff. But like, if I'm teaching mechanical engineering stuff, like, do you just tell them, hey, find your own cardboard and right. like, yeah. own... here's a
1: list of supplies, Play with these go scissors. procure it. Get, yeah. yeah, use this. <laughs>
0: Play with this hammer and you'll be fine. Like, I mean, you'll probably, most people will be fine, but there's gonna be that one or two students who don't know how to use like a wrench and they end up putting their eye out or something. (laughs) So,
1: like, I think about uh, some of the curriculum that we had when we both worked at UT. Some of that could easily be taught virtually or, or through distance learning, but some of it can't. So, is this just a matter of editing? Take out the
0: stuff that isn't gonna work? But it's cumulative; like it builds on itself yes, as well. Yes. So, it so you're on the learning
1: skills, and right. if you take out the component or the um, the content of that yeah. curriculum that teaches those particular skills, you still have to replace it with something to right. continue to teach those skills.
0: Right. Right. I wish that your your blended learning model was more off the shelf and ready to go. Where oh, like, yes. where like, if ever you felt like it, you could just go boop click a button and you is Here on, it on is. this website and yeah. you're like, all right, the, what we're going to
1: do is this. Well, and that would and... be great for substituting as well. So yes. if you're going to be out yeah. as a teacher having something ready made that is still engaging and involves actual learning and actual you know, student engagement that makes them do things and learn things and apply things, I, I know that substitute teachers all over the world would be rejoicing mm-hmm. because they don't have to either A show a movie, or some other boring thing, or a stack of worksheets, Yeah, but they also get to actually see the kids doing real work, and feeling like, okay, I was able to help participate in that.
0: Right, right. It makes me wonder, how can you get that for a project like building a trebuchet, or building that bottle rocket like they aren't gonna, they're going gonna—they're just not gonna do it no. unless unless part of the assignment was hey meet up with two of your neighbors who happen mm-hmm. to be in your class and you
1: have to turn in a certain deliverable and i and i will be grading you on these components of it and record your discussion and <laughs> i don't know maybe, lots of other things
0: maybe some of these design projects that we assign are related to preventing disease <laughs> it's One like, thing. i don't know like, there's that whole thing about people are making runs for toilet face masks paper. or whatever. And my
1: neighbor. My neighbor. Let me tell you about my neighbor. I'm not calling anyone out. i but, not. Yeah. I have lots of neighbors. I
0: got toilet paper last week, but it's because we needed toilet paper. I
1: mean, I have toilet paper in my house. I did not run out and buy. This neighbor ran out and bought literally 15 cases. Cases? A what, bottled water. It? A oh, bottled oh, water. water. And 30 six packs
0: so they're holding out to be quarantined for like two yeah
1: so i'm going to uh i told my neighbor's wife well when i go to the store and can't get toilet paper i'm just gonna come down here and raid your house she laughed she she's okay with that
0: is she the type of person to prepare for the zombie no he
1: no it's the husband
0: oh he's one of those uh he's what's it called it's like
1: we're both looking at each other yes uh i don't know preppers A prepper. It's a prepper. He's a prepper.
0: Like she's not. She's a realist. I'm definitely more on the prepper side of things. Well, you're
1: risk averse.
0: Yeah, but I I didn't like. Like I got more canned food, but like I have
1: made zero preparations.
0: You can have my beans if you want some. Oh, thank you. Even then, canned beans are not going to get me through a zombie apocalypse. (laughs) It's like going to last me another week. You know.
1: I bet you'll make it through COVID-19 just fine.
0: Yeah, I will. But no, realistically, like the reason why it does concern me is specifically for the people who have compromised immune systems or yes. elderly. And it's true that anyone yes. under under yeah. like fifty years of age, mm-hmm. uh, pretty much is you're gonna get flu Col- symptoms. Yep. And kids even are not as they're 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 not they're as at the risk, flu is more yes. dangerous to babies than um,
1: than COVID nineteen. It's, it's it's everyone the above the elderly. And I'm, yep. I'm
0: like as a community college uh, staff. I encounter people who are older than 50 mm-hmm. all the time. Mm-hmm. I, I don't want to be making people sick or going to, no. to the hospital. No, I, w-
1: I would That's not want to be concerned. a carrier. That is right.
0: specifically why I'm concerned. Or yep. anyone who has any kind of condition.
1: Yep, I'm with you on that one.
0: So, I don't know. I, I get why some schools and South by and all these organizations mm-hmm. are saying, hey, meet, work from home, or we're not yep. meeting.
1: It's not but necessarily to protect the people Who would have been in attendance? It's to protect the community at large.
0: Right. Herd immunity, as they say. Yes, yep. That said, I guess it's going to suck for a little while.
1: Yeah, I think so. And wash your hands.
0: I'm lucky that I can still teach online. Yes. I feel like I don't know what's going to happen to teachers who don't who can't teach in i don't the district know yeah
1: or, no i'm not sure i
0: i wish there was emergency hope leave that, uh,
1: the rural um, i hope the rural districts end up feeling that they are uh, sort of far enough removed and isolated enough that they can continue mm-hmm. to function normally and they
0: probably can i mean there's not going to be a huge so gatherings. we
1: don't right there aren't a lot of um, huge community events um, there's not a lot of international travel, well, things like that. So here's so. the thing, though.
0: Like, you're, I, I agree that I think the risk is lower for sure, but we also know that in rural communities today, hospitals are closing more, and True. getting rural health out there is a it's is harder. a challenge. So, yeah. So maybe they're at, less at risk, but if all of a sudden a community does have yes, a yes, they would I feel also
1: like, be less likely yeah, to receive timely which care, which is
0: really frustrated like that's mm-hmm. scary that's kind of angering mm-hmm. to me mm-hmm. but not to get again too political but it's obviously a problem and i feel like that's another engineering problem in some ways like how do you even deal with that yeah you know what they were recommending um to one of my friends they're like oh it's safer not to go to the doctor directly but use your telemedicine Oh, app. Yep,
1: yep i've heard uh where did i hear messaging about that recently that I don't know if your benefits
0: have that mine does and it's the
1: first time I've ever had benefits that included that Mm. but they are recommending that that you set virtual appointments with your doctor to discuss the symptoms for your doctor to do a visual appraisal Right, like non-emergency stuff right before going in and possibly exposing anyone to any virus whether it is COVID or just a simple rhinovirus or anything
0: I gotta tell you I used Telemedicine once Like I think last year
1: mm-hmm.
0: Do you know shingles? I did, do know shingles Did, I, did, I did tell you have shingles? So, so oh god that's awful When I was like Five or four Or something mm-hmm. like that I yeah, got the chicken pox, pox And it spread to all my brothers We all got it At the exact of same course, time Of course That's my what we all had did a, In
1: the 70s, 80s good, and 90s Exactly
0: Got a scar right under my nose mm. To prove it But anyway I forget, I don't remember this But like All of a sudden One day last year I'm like Ugh, I I have this itch in my, my shoulder. I can't reach it. I'll just try to scratch it. Next morning, oh, it's still there. Gosh, I wonder if I have a rash. Oh, next morning, I wonder if I'm allergic to something. This is so weird. And I'm trying to look at it. Like, I, I look at it in the mirror. Oh, it's just a little, little, like a, little, a pimple kind of thing. Okay. Like, oh, whatever. Maybe I'll just it'll just go away. And if You know how you get a pimple, you don't scratch it, right? Right. That's good dermatology. Next morning...
1: Full Big, like, blister thing. I was like, what
0: is this? (laughs) And I actually had to use the telemedicine app twice because I think I called them around that time when it was, you know, a small quarter sized set of little blisters. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, that's weird. And so I I had them look at it and you you snap a photo Mm, of it. And imagine me trying to take a picture of my own back. But whatever, I send it through the app. It's Mm -hmm. private. You have HIPAA security, all that. And. The first doctor actually just said, Oh, I'm prescribing you a steroid. You can go to Walgreens and pick it up. So they could prescribe medicine right there. Mm-hmm. I picked it up, didn't do anything. I must have waited not. like two more days. I, call, I, I did telemedicine again because I didn't want to go to the doctor like, and wait for like several days mm-hmm. or whatever it was. And then that doctor was like, Oh, I know what this is. I don't even have to.
1: I don't even have to look at you. And he asked the same questions. He's
0: like, so this might sound like a weird question, but did you ever have chicken pox as a kid? And by that time, I already knew it was probably shingles because I did my own WebMD hypochondriac (laughs) thing and looked it up. And I'm just glad, because I didn't lead him on. I just gave him symptoms, and he's like, shingles. So I'm like, okay, good. It confirmed what I thought. There you go. And he basically said, yeah, you have shingles. Oh. And so he prescribed the, I forget the medicine name, but it's a very specific.
1: It's an anti-viral. Antiviral, yeah. Yeah,
0: because the virus lives in your body that whole time Mm -hmm. until it flares up. um, Coincidentally, my brother... One of my older brothers got shingles like a month later. So I think it was the same virus family that just lived in all these years, and they just exploded at the same time. That's my theory. In any case, telemedicine works sometimes. I was just going to say sometimes. So
1: one of the uh, teachers that I work with used telemedicine um, recently. She had had allergy symptoms, and then she thought maybe a cold, but it kept getting worse, so Mm. she used telemedicine. And the doctor uh, that she spoke with said, well, I think you probably just have an upper respiratory infection. So, again, yes, prescribed antibiotics. But that's not what she had. She had a double ear infection and pneumonia Uh. after she had been on antibiotics for about a week and a half and it still wasn't working she went into the doctor in person and said like this i'm still horribly sick Mm -hmm. still this deep deep cough that's never it's not fully productive and it's so painful so then they did more tests and said oh yeah no you don't have
0: oh my gosh yeah
1: an upper respiratory it's it's two ear infections and pneumonia And so, telemedicine can work.
0: So, it's not a. But
1: not always. Right. It's not a surefire thing. I guess it depends. Yeah.
0: And you're emphasizing for me that the only chance for telemedicine to work is if you are motivated to get an answer. She was, like, I was motivated. To go use that doctor and send, snap a picture and like try to get an answer. No, call them twice. No, I think
1: it's more that the technology is great when it works.
0: When it works, yeah.
1: But you run the risk of. I think that you do run the risk of an an increased chance of misdiagnosis. Mm,
0: okay. That is why teleeducation or distance education probably has a bunch of problems as well.
1: Yes. It's hard to, you know, for example, provide accommodations or really differentiate your instruction right. if you're limited to certain I, platforms. I
0: can't see my students work for the most part. Yeah, like I hate that. Unless when I'm they doing can it.
1: scan it and send it to you Which and, is a even big then pain it's, and Yeah, it's so time-consuming.
0: Right And, and not, I, I agree that motivation is not the only issue, but it, it just makes me think like More terrifying a lot of students may not be motivated to mm-hmm. log in or whatever. No,
1: you're absolutely correct.
0: Hmm. Okay, well, yeah, it's going to suck for a little while.
1: It's going to. So if you all have answers, come on, engineers, fix it.
0: When we talk again, it sounds like we're going to be actually talking to Chris and Steve and And Victoria. Victoria. Um, I think we had an idea of once we have a better grip on what schools are doing, Mm -hmm. what companies are doing, engineering companies and all that stuff, in the next months maybe we should talk about distance learning or uh, what tools to use for that kind of stuff or how it's going whether it's a thumbs up or thumbs down
1: yeah and and again i hope our listeners send us some ideas about their experience with distance learning med tech ed tech um you know i always like to hear when they have questions so that we can kind of toss those questions out to the experts in the field
0: Who's the expert in the field?
1: Chris and Victoria. Oh, oh that's the. <laughs> and Steve. Yes, because they're the EdTech.
0: That's great. Right. No, I was like, wait, what am I. Th-? I gotta ask them. Like, I don't even know how much they've successfully run, like, online classes. Because EdTech is not just that. No. So it's like, uh, yeah, well, anyway, that, that's for them. Yes. We'll have to find their subspecialties.
1: Yes. All right. Well, I'm sorry, listeners, that we didn't actually make it to South By, but it's not our fault. We'll see you next time, though. All right. Thanks. Thank you.
0: The K-12 Engineering Education Podcast is sponsored by my studio, Pios Labs, here in Austin, Texas. And it's also sponsored by The Engineer's Guide to Improv and Art Games. You can support the show by checking out that book. The show is also made possible by amazing individual donors who financially support this show on Patreon. You can do the same at patreon.com slash Pios Labs. Visit the podcast website for show notes, links, transcripts, and more. Go to k12engineering.net. That's K, the number 12, engineering.net. Thank you to all the listeners of this show Stay safe out there as always, and we'll keep you updated.